It takes a church to raise a Christian. That's one of my favorite mantras we use here at All Saints. In fact, if you were here last Sunday, you'll remember that we used this mantra then as three of our own were baptized. Because when we baptize someone, yes, we, we know the parents and the godparents, they make their own vows to, to raise this child in the faith, but so does the congregation. And the vows we make as a congregation have some strong language to them, words that are not for the faint of heart. Will you who witnessed these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? And we heartily reply, we will. And we say this because we believe it takes a church to raise a Christian. Now, I know it's also common to conceive of one's spiritual life as a, as a journey of faith for the individual. You know, my Christian life, my Christian growth. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that because it's true that we are all each unique and at different places in our life with God. And knowing where you are with God and how you grow in your faith, what practices are working for you right now, man, this is all crucial for an individual's spiritual growth. But what we cannot and what we dare not do is assume that our individual journey is purely an individual endeavor, that it's just about me and Jesus, that my salvation, my spiritual formation can occur apart from the saints of God. No, 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 no. It takes a church to raise a Christian. Contrary to popular thought, the church is not a helpful thing for your spiritual journey. It's necessary. It's essential. It's a vital thing. I mean, just think about your own spiritual journey for a moment. I mean, think about all the saints who have taken you by the hand, people who have showed you how to follow Jesus, Sunday school teachers who taught you the Bible, parents who raised you in the faith, friends who prayed with you, pastors who would sit down with you to help you discern the Spirit's voice, maybe mentors who invested all sorts of time in your life. My goodness, you are where you are today in your own spiritual journey because countless Christians we're faithful stewards of our spiritual formation. So my parents were in town last weekend, which typically lends itself to a stroll down memory lane. And so during one of our conversations, my mother informed me that my first grade Sunday school teacher had just recently passed away. Her name was Frances Ansley. And she taught the first grade Sunday school class at First Christian Church in Lubbock, Texas for at least 30 years, if not more. Now, I was in first grade about 40 years ago, and I still remember her kindness, her flannel boards, her love and devotion to this person named Jesus, and it has stayed with me to this very day. And so as I thought about Francis, it naturally then led me to think about the pastor of that church at that time, Brother Jim, who took a special interest in me. And so as a young child, when I started asking questions about faith and baptism, 
Brother Jim invited me to his office for a face-to-face chat. And I can still see him flipping through the pages of his old black leather-bound Bible, taking the time to answer a few questions from a seven-year-old boy. And as as I reflect upon this scene, my mind then starts to wander through the halls, not only of that church, but of others as well. And I start to see the faces of, of all these people. Parents who would host Disciple Now weekends at their home for teenagers. Students, college students who would meet in my house when I was in college so that we could talk theology and life and, and how to live out our faith. The faces of older guys I looked up to who, who taught me how to play guitar and lead people in worship. And then, of course, not to mention all the incredible faces here at All Saints who have made a massive impact on my own spiritual life. And yet this is but a smidgen of all the saints who have reached out their hands to me along the way, forming me as a better follower of Jesus. I am who I am today. You are who you are today because countless Christians have been faithful stewards of our spiritual formation. As you know, the last few weeks, we've been rethinking this notion of stewardship. You know, trying to expand our horizons so that we might see those areas in our lives we might not think of when we first hear that word, stewardship. And so we've been asking questions like these. How do we steward our hospitality, our our dining room table, for the sake of the kingdom? How do we steward our local church family for the good of those who who are different from us, who don't look like us? And now today, we, we ask another unusual question that we might not ask very often, and that is this, how might we be faithful stewards of our spiritual formation? Yes, our spiritual formation is something we should be stewards of. Because your life with God is not your own. Your growth with God is not your own. And yes, I know it will often look different from others. Yes, your spiritual journey will be unique to you. You're on an individual journey. But no, your spiritual formation is not your own. It is a gift we are all called to give away. I mean, think about it. If we were a church that consisted of individuals who kept their spiritual formation to themselves, then as a church, we'd be as dead as a doornail. Because we cannot grow with God without holding hands with others. Because our spiritual lives are a symbiosis. That is, they are in a symbiotic relationship. They thrive together or they die alone. So there's a basic principle here. You know, the more hands you hold, the more you steward your spiritual formation, the healthier this parish becomes. But the more you sit on your hands, not extending them to others, not pulling the people around you into your own spiritual journey, the unhealthier our parish becomes. Now, hopefully you can see how this all relates to what we are commemorating today on the Feast of All Saints. The day when the, when the church steps back to behold the spiritual connection that exists between Christians both in heaven and on earth, otherwise known as the communion of saints. 
This is something that we all affirm each time we recite the Apostles' Creed together, right? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. It's an affirmation of our spiritual connectedness with each other and with all the saints throughout history and around the world that we are, in, that we are a symbiosis meant to grow together as we take one another by the hand in our life with God. That we are only transformed into Christ's likeness when we are, get this, when we're good stewards of our spiritual formation. Because we know it takes a church to raise a Christian. Now, our scripture readings this morning for All Saints Day come at this reality of the communion of saints from a couple of different angles, two different angles, very popular. Sometimes it's called uh, the church triumphant in heaven or the church militant on earth. And so the first angle presents us with these wonderful glimpses of the shared victory that all of God's people will inherit. That because of our spiritual connection with one another, because we have journeyed together in our life with God, we will one day reign with him, the church triumphant. And so we see this first in our Old Testament lesson, which recounts the prophet Daniel having a nightmare. He sees these, these four great horrible beasts emerging from the sea, uh, terrorizing the land, and it freaks him out. I mean, Daniel is so disturbed that he has to ask, what is the meaning of this dream? To which he is told, well, beware. These horrible beasts represent political empires that will wreak havoc across the world. Devastation, destruction. So watch out. But nevertheless, he goes on to say, you can take heart. Because, as that last line said, the saints of the Most High will receive God's kingdom and possess it forever and ever. This is the communion of saints reigning on earth with God at the end of history after all the political kingdoms that exist in this world have fallen. It's the church that is at the end of history, the communion of saints. That's the church triumphant. And again, Ephesians, our our lesson today from Ephesians, kind of goes on and spells this out even further. As Paul writes that in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance, a glorious inheritance that is shared, quote, among all the saints. And he goes on to say that Christ has already taken his seat at the right hand of the Father. Far above all rule, all authority, all power and dominion, Christ is already there. And then verse 22, I love this. It says that God has put all things under the feet of Jesus and has made him the head of all things for the church. I don't know if you caught those three words there. That's a powerful line. He has done all this and he's put Christ above all and put everything under his feet for the church. Again, this is a picture of the communion of saints, the triumphant church. This is the first angle that we are given today from our readings about what the communion of saints means. And it's a powerful vision we must always hold on to in our minds. But listen, there's a second angle we must hold on to as well. This is the church militant. Because Jesus, the one who is currently sitting on the throne, he wants us to know something else. He wants us to know that the communion of saints on the ground looks quite different than those other two readings. It doesn't at all look or feel so glamorous or victorious at times. Blessed are you who are poor, Jesus says, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who 
who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. You see, this family that Jesus is forming, this communion of saints on the ground, looks quite different from the presentations given in our earlier readings. It's part of living in this already not yet, right? The victory has been secured, but we are still living in this present evil age. But that's not all that Jesus tells us. Because Jesus isn't only gathering the most unlikely group of people, the poor, the hungry, the brokenhearted. He's also forming them into a community that does the most unlikely things. I mean, you heard what he said. I mean, these are things that we humans just don't get out of the bed and do naturally. They are things that require formation. We've got to be formed into a people who can act this way. Things like loving your enemies. Doing good to those who hate you. When's the last time that you've done that? Blessing those who curse you. And praying for those who abuse you. My goodness, if this isn't enough, Jesus decides to add a bit more. He says, and and guess what? If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not even withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you so that you do to others what you would have them do to you. My friends, this is mission impossible at the highest level. It's craziness. No one can do the things Jesus tells us to do. That is, no one on their own, right? But what if What if God gives his spirit to a people and then chooses to make his dwelling among a communion of saints? What if then a a symbiosis can occur where, where mere humans grab hands and invite each other into their own spiritual lives so that over time they are actually formed, formed more and more into the likeness of Jesus so that then the impossible becomes possible? Well, my friends, if we draw a line from our reading today in Luke 6 and draw that line to the cross and then draw that line to Jesus being raised from the dead, ascended into heaven, draw that line further to Jesus then giving his spirit to his followers, well then, that's exactly what we see in the book of Acts. We see the church following Jesus hand in hand, living as a communion of saints, doing the impossible, doing what Jesus did. And so in light of all this, my question for you this morning is whose hands are you holding? Who are you inviting into your own spiritual formation? With whom are you reading the Bible? With whom are you serving? With whom are you discerning the Spirit's voice? And of course, with whom are you praying, right? This is why we talk a lot around here about All Saints being a community of practices. It's also why our announcements tend to go so long. It's because we are constantly trying to emphasize this truth, that the Christian life is not to be lived on your own. It can't be lived on your own, but only in community. You have to join hands. And the good news, I think, 
is that this community that we are in here at All Saints is in a tradition whose key distinctive is common prayer, shared spiritual practices. Stewarding our spiritual lives is built into the Anglican way so that there are all, all sorts of opportunities for you and I to join hands together in our life with God. I mean, we can, man, we can pray morning prayer together. We can read and study scripture together, follow the lectionary. We can teach children or, or go on a silent retreat. We can mentor young men or women or maybe even sit at the feet of someone wiser than you. Have you thought about, you can invite a deacon to have coffee with you and talk about your own spiritual journey and how you're growing with God and, and glean their wisdom. You can go to, to, go to one of our, our, our healing prayer crew members and ask for healing prayer. My friends, we are surrounded with opportunities to be stewards of spiritual formation. Are you taking advantage of them? Or are you stumbling alone in your life with God? wilting. My prayer for us this morning on this day that we're celebrating All Saints is that this wouldn't just be a mantra here at All Saints, but this would truly be a way of life. It would be in our bones that it takes a church to raise a Christian. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that you have chosen to make your dwelling among a people and that as we share in common practices as we steward our spiritual formation, that you meet us in powerful ways, that we grow deeper in our life with you, and that we truly are able to share in your life for the life of the world. Thank you that everyone in this room is on their own unique spiritual journey, but I pray that we would never confuse that with the calling to be deeply connected with others as we grow in our life with God. Help us be stewards of our spiritual formation uh, so that we may know and love you more day by day. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.